Guys, I, I just, it, the last couple of weeks has just been so hard. I've had so many ideas that I've been trying to get out and I, I just can't quite figure out how to express what I want to express. Every time I try to start, it just all falls apart and it goes to gunk in my mouth. And, you know, this, I, I just, I need to get over this block and I, I don't know. It's just, it feels like there's just been so much lately. But, but what about you guys? Like what, what, what's, what's been going on in your lives? My first girlfriend turned into the moon. That's rough, buddy. Hey fam, that's right, I'm still alive. I am surviving the pandemic, as always. I'm your host, Larry. You are listening to another episode of Stay Watching. And yes, I know it's been a while. I like to joke about that all the time. Uh, a constant is me apologizing for the lack of recordings, the lack of episodes coming to you all. Um, but, you know, I kind of was joking about it in that intro, but I'm going to be real. The last two months, it's been really hard to get myself to do any sort of creative or fun projects, mostly because when you are stuck in your studio apartment for, you know, almost three months, it makes you go a little stir crazy and everything that you want to do, sometimes you just don't have the motivation to do it. But I am back. I have a ton of stuff that I'm going to be talking to you all about over the next couple of weeks. And I really wanted to start out with Avatar, The Last Airbender, and a little bit about Legend of Korra uh, because I watched them for the first time. And since they were, since Avatar was just added to Netflix, I felt like this was a good episode to kind of get myself back into the swing of things, back doing the podcast and talking about some good media because uh, I'm going to be real, never watched it before, had never seen a single episode, hadn't even really watched clips, frankly. And uh, I can tell you that Avatar The Last End Airbender is that good good. So um, hang on for just a second. I'll be right back and we'll get into talking about it. So as I, as I mentioned before, I had never watched Avatar The Last Airbender. And for folks that know me, they're often really confused by this because I'm so into anime and comics and all of that stuff, animation. Like I am pretty much constantly talking about cartoon series. If you follow me on Twitter, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you probably know I was watching an awful lot of DuckTales uh, trying to get caught up on, you know, the, the new series there. Um, so it was really weird for a lot of people who just like couldn't comprehend me not having seen Avatar. And, you know, I had to actually do a little bit of research to figure out, you know, why I hadn't watched it, because I knew it was on at a time that I really wouldn't have been. It's not that I wouldn't necessarily have been watching Nickelodeon because 
I'm gonna be real. I'm the type of person that will always turn on Nickelodeon as long as there's something good on there. Um, but frankly, what I realized when I went back and, and kind of checked out what was going on is I was in college and wouldn't you believe it for most of my college career, I did not have cable. Uh, so I didn't do a whole lot of TV watching and, and frankly, you know, for the <laughs> the last three years that I was in college of, of my four, uh, I didn't spend a lot of time in front of a TV generally. Like, I mean, sure, you know, my housemates and I would play video games and stuff like that. We would watch The Sopranos and, you know, we would watch The Office for a while and things like that. Uh, but, you know, it was not, I didn't spend as much time kind of watching stuff like I did when I was in high school and then what I did after graduating college. And so it was kind of, it came out in this period where I wasn't necessarily kind of paying attention to what was going on there. Uh, when I was watching stuff, I, I'll be real, it was torrented anime. I, I know at the time I was really into Full Metal Alchemist and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. And it was, it was kind of a, I, Naruto was was big in my life. A lot of shonen uh, stuff at the time, Bleach, One Piece, all of those sorts of things were really what I was into at that time. And I had no idea that Avatar The Last Airbender existed, no idea what to make of it. And so as I kind of, you know, I've been getting older, I work at a college or a university. So I have a lot of younger students and they learn that I'm into comics and anime and stuff like that. They're like, oh, like, have you seen Avatar? Like they would talk a great game about it. And so for all of these years, you know, probably like frankly for the last, wow, I guess it's been probably the last 10 years or so, I've heard nothing but like people talking about how great Avatar The Last Airbender is. And I just, I, I never watched it. You know, I, for whatever reason, I told myself, oh, it's going to be too hard to get into this thing. It'll never live up to all of the hype that people have kind of put upon it. Because that's, that's one of those things that's really hard to overcome. When you hear how great something is from so many people, sometimes it's just really hard to will yourself to watch it because as soon as you start watching it, you're literally looking for every single problem that you can find with it, because I'll be damned if it's as good as everybody says it is. And, you know, not to say that that's how I went into watching Avatar this last time, but I definitely struggled with it. Um, you know, one of the things that I would say about the series overall, and, and I guess I should have said this up top, I'm not really going to do a spoilery conversation about Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, not, it, I mean, it's it's a pretty typical shonen series, even though it's, it's an American-made, um, you know, kind of anime series. Uh, but really, I, I don't, want to ruin it for anybody who, like me, may never have seen it before. But there are a couple of things that I need to talk about that, you know, if you don't want any idea at all of the way that this story progresses or anything, I, I, I would say that you might want to kind of watch it and then kind of come back to this conversation. But the thing that I struggled with at first is it felt 
kind of half baked to me. Um, you know, I, I think the challenge is we are really just kind of thrown into this world. We're thrown into this world that has this existing mythology. Um, there are things already in progress and we are just trying to understand them. Um, and for a little bit, I found myself not really necessarily liking the characters at first, which which is strange because I actually think the characters are probably the strongest piece of the series. But when I first started out, I didn't fully know what to make of people. And, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of looking back on, you know, my initial reactions to the different characters. Um, and I guess before I get to that, I guess I should give like a very brief synopsis of kind of what the show is about. Um, basically, in the world of Avatar, The Last Airbender, um, there is a there's a being, the titular Avatar, who is who exists really to balance kind of good and evil within the world um, and to kind of bring peace. And that's that's the basic idea of the show. And what we're doing here in Avatar The Last Airbender is we're following uh, a group of characters who basically you're first introduced to a brother and sister, Katara and Sokka, who uncover Aang, who is the Avatar. And it's about helping the avatar learn what he needs to learn to be able to do his kind of life's work. Along the way, they're met with various obstacles, mainly being the Fire Nation, uh, who in this world is kind of the big bad. Um, and their first kind of representative that you meet and get to know is Zuko, who is um, an exiled son of the Fire Nation's leader. You don't really know why he's been exiled right at the beginning. It's it becomes important later, but that's that's kind of those are the main players that were kind of given at the very beginning of the show. Um, and, you know, to, to be fair, I think all of those characters are good and they did what they needed to do. I think the challenge is when you're entering a new series where you have kind of no idea what's going on and you have kind of heard nothing but how great it is, you know, you, you really expect them to kind of hit the ground running. And for me, it felt like it started off a little slow and a little unfocused. Um, but as the, especially as the first season went on and moving into the second season, it really felt like it found its legs. It felt like it like really figured out where it was wanting to go. And for me, like I found myself latching on to certain characters more than others. So, you know, Aang, who is the Avatar, was a struggle for me at the very beginning. And, you know, what I what I realized is he was kind of reminding me of Goku from the original Dragon Ball. Um, which is one of my favorite series of all time. And it was a little surprising for me that like, I didn't like a character who felt very much like that Goku, who is very powerful, um, you know, but also like incredibly naive and trying to really learn their place in the world, get, gain a greater, greater sense of the world. Um, 
But the thing that was a little bit different about Aang was that he had this greater wisdom uh, from being a monk, from, you know, kind of being the avatar that melted, made him feel a little strange. Like, yes, he's a kid, uh, but at the same time, like he's he's got this wisdom and knowledge that, you know, it, it made it kind of weird to me at first. It makes sense later as the show goes on, but right from the very beginning, I was just like, I don't know about this character. The character that I felt kind of immediately attached to is the aforementioned Zuko. Um, I've talked a little bit on this podcast before about how I have a weird relationship with redemption stories. And obviously, like, you know, this is a little bit of a spoiler, um, but like you are really, you know, whether for good or for bad, you know that Zuko has been exiled. You know that he is trying to redeem himself in some way. And so you are watching this character trying to figure out what that looks like for him. Um, And, you know, there's there's some interesting things that they do with that he actually is an incredibly interesting mirror to Aang's character and his story. And they, I think once they really established that within the show is where it took off for me. Those were the moments where I could really see what they were trying to do and felt like they were doing it really effectively. But you know, there's, there's this challenge that I find interesting with a character who is trying to live up to this image of what they think they're supposed to be. Um, They're trying to kind of fit into this predestined, preordained image that, you know, usually a parental figure, usually a father is kind of placed down for them. And I think that is what kind of immediately drew me to Zuko's character, because it's a challenging thing that so many you know, boys and young men have to go through and and women do as well. Like, I mean, I think all people um, have certain expectations that are that are laid out for them. But there was something that that felt really familiar about that struggle that he was going through and and trying to be um, his own person, yet also striving to kind of fulfill this thing. Um, You know, of the other characters that we meet very early on, like I I was kind of disgusted by Sokka at the very beginning. Um, You know, like he's like, he was very, very like, he was sexist. Like, I'm just going to be real. Like they, they had him say some stuff that I was just like, oh, like, I don't know if that's cool, but they weaved it into the story and, you know, they they had him have teachable moments, uh, which were were fairly early on and actually really helped his character advance in these really interesting ways. Um, and I think when I when I first watch, started watching the show, other than Zuko, I think the other character that I liked a lot right off the bat was Katara, who is, you know, I would argue is probably the main character for at least the first season. Like, yes, I know Aang is the avatar, but like, I I feel like a large portion of the show is built around Katara and her, in a sense, shepherding of the avatar. Um, And I just feel like, you know, looking at this show as something that came out in 2005, their ability to conceptualize and and deliver on, you know, a a 
Yeah, I, I hate using the phrase like strong female character because I think it's a little bit reductive and I think it's overused. But within the context of what we typically see in kind of the Saturday morning action cartoon space, um, I don't really remember a whole lot of characters that struck me like Katara did. Her emotions felt real. There was a real sense of gravity to the decisions that she was making. She was the glue that kind of held, you know, her brother and Aang and, you know, later on other characters together. She was able to kind of smooth over some of the rough edges of their egos and of their characters and, you know, really, really kind of keep me invested in a lot of that kind of early part of the show. I think her ability to, you know, the ability of the creators and writers of the show to focus on her internal conflicts as well as the external conflicts and the duty that she's trying to fulfill um, provided her a really interesting growth arc. And I think overall, that's the thing that I have to say about all of the kind of main characters that we are presented with in the show. Um, They feel real. They feel like they are growing up as we watch the three seasons of the show, um, you know, you're basically starting out with kids who are, you know, tasked with essentially saving the world. What does that look like? What are the things that they're going through? You know, what are the, what happens when, you know, they have to deal with feelings that they might have started to have? And, you know, what if they are looked down upon because of their gender or their inability to control the elements? Because that's the other thing that I didn't mention for anyone who hasn't seen Avatar at all. Part of it is the idea that there are people within this world who are benders, who have the ability to you know, manipulate things like wind, water, fire, earth, as well as other things that you learn about later on. And so, you know, in within our main group of characters, Aang, the last airbender, is an airbender. He can control wind. Zuko is a firebender, you know, Fire Nation. We talked about that a little bit already. Uh, Katara is a waterbender, uh, but Sokka, he has no bending ability. And so, you know, there's that idea that in a lot of different ways, each of these characters have some sort of shortcoming that they're trying to overcome. They're, they're trying to grow in some area. And the show allows its characters realistically to to have setbacks, to stumble, to um, to fail, to learn from mistakes, to have arguments with their friends, to turn their backs on people, to, to walk away from situations that they shouldn't walk away from. Um, and I, I felt like there was, there was a lot of gravity and reality to the relationships between the characters that helped kind of make the greater conflict that much more real um you know it's it's hard to explain without getting you know too in depth into spoilers but i think if you if you watch a lot of tv and you think about you know what are the characters that you really like like outside of just how cool is this character I think a lot of people often want to see characters that feel real. You you want to 
understand the humanity of the character that you're seeing on the screen. And I think that's something that this show does exceptionally well. Um, and, I, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention kind of my favorite character of the series overall, um, who is uh, Zuko's uncle, Uncle Iroh, who, um, again, like I'm not going to talk about his backstory because I, I think it's incredibly poignant and it's it's one of the most emotional things in the series. I actually did cry. Uh, this is a series that that made me uh, actually made me cry on a, on a few occasions and I was not expecting to, but, um, you know, there are some amazing moments between Iroh and Zuko and, you know, just from a nurturing standpoint, from, um, you know, from, from a familial standpoint, from an emotional standpoint, I think it's, it's some of that was really, really well realized and, and really beautiful. One of the other things that I think the show did really well is the world building, um, especially since, you know, obviously I said for me, one of the struggles I had was very early on was adapting to this world and learning it. But over time, uh, because part of the story is, you know, basically based around these these children traveling the world to uh, help Aang learn, you know, the other bending techniques and gain the skills that he needs to actually bring peace to their world. Um, I, I thought there was a really, they did a really good job of exploring the different cultures of this world and introducing us to the unique people, the unique stories, the unique myths, um, kind of the regional technique that different people had, um, and really kind of exploring difference in a way that is, was really, really well done uh, for a show like this, you know, and, and again, it's not to say that, you know, kids cartoons cannot do this stuff. Well, I mean, I, again, most of, most of my favorite shows that I've probably ever watched are, are kids shows. Um, they do a lot of things amazingly well because, you know, you have to try to communicate these ideas to a younger audience. And I think that's something that Avatar The Last Airbender does really well. It brings you this idea of being open to different cultures, understanding that sometimes when you're in someone else's land, things are done differently and it's important to learn what what goes on there before judging it and to see people as people. And I think that's one of the themes that they do so well. And it's you know, like it, it kind of made me think of the idea of like knowing thy enemy. Um, and, you know, I think that's something that's that's a kind of beautifully illustrated in this show. You know, there is there's a point where, you know, again, this is trying not to be too spoilery, but there's a point where it's like you have to understand, you know, the enemy and you learn them and you understand where they're coming from. And, you know, things aren't exactly as they seemed. And, you know, it kind of recasts the entire show in this way that makes it a lot less about kind of the black and white idea of good and evil, um, you know, but just kind of understanding that that we're all kind of on a spectrum going through things and adapting to them. Uh, and again, I think I think they just do that so wonderfully in this show. 
And you know, you know, obviously, like I, I don't think it's it's perfect overall. You know, this is this is nothing against the show uh, itself. Uh, you know, watching it nowadays, the biggest challenge for me was was the animation, especially in the earliest episodes. It felt really. You know, obviously it was made in 2005, so shows adapted, you know, it, it wasn't remastered beautifully, uh, at least for the first season. So it was a bit of a challenge to kind of get past some of the animation issues that I that I kind of had with it, especially after watching The Legend of Korra immediately after Avatar The Last Airbender, where I'm watching it and I'm just like, if Avatar had been reanimated like this, like I would have loved probably every second of it. Um, you know, but I, I think they they do kind of drift into an issue that a lot of anime has as well, where it's just like sometimes certain things that are done are just filler um you know not to say that every single episode of every series needs to be completely on target with whatever the kind of end goal of the characters are going to be um but there were times where i felt like uh you know i, I don't really need to fully invest myself in this episode that i'm watching and you know i i feel like it it kind of stunk in certain moments because like there would be a series of like three episodes where I was completely invested, like on the edge of my seat. And then it would get to an episode where it's just like, ah, nothing really substantial is happening here. Or, you know, it's a good character moment, but I feel like that character was already progressing in that way. And having this additional episode to do something doesn't necessarily add anything. Uh, but again, those are those are really just just kind of nitpicks. I mean, overall, I, I felt like the show was just so beautifully done. Like I said, I think one of the one of the best parts for me is the mirroring of Aang and Zuko's stories. Um, I I felt like I was about halfway through the first season when I really started to understand why people love it and and why so many folks got so emotionally invested in it. Um, I think realistically towards the end of the first season is really when the show starts to ramp up and become what it is. Uh, and that's, if you find yourself, if you're new to it like I was and you're kind of struggling for the first bits of it, and you get to that midpoint, let me know if you have that same kind of reaction to it where like halfway through, it feels like it, it's getting there. Because, you know, again, like not to like, again, not to spoil anything, but they start to go places and do things in the second season that for me, like really cemented like, oh, this is a great series. And I think that's, it, it, it's it's really kind of amazing to see because you know from going from I'm not really sure about it like honestly the first time I tried to sit down and watch it I think it was the the day it was added to Netflix I got through maybe two three episodes and was just like I don't know if this is for me I, I actually went on Twitter and was like I how long does it take people to get into this because I, I don't know if I'm feeling it and then, you know, the next day I just, you know, I powered through it, made some breakfast, you know, watched a few episodes. And then, you know, again, halfway through that first season, I was I was getting more on board by the end of the first season. I was like, all right, let me see where this is going. So 
I, I definitely think it, it was a great series overall. I really like the story that they told. Um, I feel they did a good job of kind of raising the stakes for all of the different characters um, and bringing it to a place that ultimately at the end of the series, I, I felt like one, I had, I had, had an entire story i i was satisfied with where it left off and you know because i know a lot of times when series ends especially something like this where technically speaking it's only 60 episodes which is pretty traditional in terms of like anime like they're that's like a normal number of episodes um and yes, I, I will probably do another episode in the future talking about like getting into the stupid argument of if it is anime or not. Like it's clearly anime inspired. Like I'm I don't think anime. I, I'm one of those people that's like if it's anime inspired, if it feels like anime, if it uses anime tropes, it's anime like I. I you know what? I don't need to do another episode. I just did it right there. That's it. That's my feelings on it. Uh, I think anybody who's going to argue about whether or not Avatar The Last Airbender is anime is uh, just just squash that noise. Uh, but I, I think they did a good job of escalating, um, escalating the stakes, escalating, you know, uh, you know, it's power levels, everything like that. And I think they did a good job of getting us to the end. And, you know, again, leaving the ending of the series on a note where I was satisfied with what I had experienced. And so this is going to be a really short kind of piece that I'm going to add on here because, you know, I just blabbered for almost 30 minutes on on avatar the last airbender um so immediately after finishing avatar the last airbender because i had also never watched the legend of korra because frankly if i hadn't seen avatar the last airbender why would i watch the legend of korra because in my mind it was a direct sequel which it kind of is and it kind of isn't um one thing that i will say because because again i can't there's certain things that i can't really talk about korra um, there are certain things that I can't speak to about Korra without, you know, really diving into spoilers about Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, but I think they do a good job of taking where Avatar left off and taking us into a new story. So the, the thing that I will say is that, you know, several decades after Avatar finishes, the Legend of Korra takes place and we see that world that they're in has kind of changed. It's it's grown up, it's expanded. It's, it's kind of like this weird 1920s kind of vibe to it where there's technology that they hadn't really had before and things have just kind of expanded and changed. And, you know, there are benders who are part of a sports league and it's just, it's just different. And I feel like having watched the two shows back to back and now having an understanding of each, the thing that I would say, and this is kind of a continuation on, on the conversation about world building. I think that they did a really good job within the Legend of Korra 
in kind of updating the world, you know, rather than just having, you know, rather than doing it like some anime do, like a Naruto, where you have Naruto Shippuden, who's where you have a time skip and suddenly the characters are just older or even what they did in Dragon Ball, which was basically the same thing. Um, this is such a vast time skip that most of the characters that you knew and loved from the first series aren't really there um and i say that knowing that that's like not quite right uh because again like don't want to spoil too much like the characters from the original series play roles in the new series uh but not in ways that you would necessarily expect and i think that was something that was also really smart introduce us to another character who um, is different from Aang and has a different set of circumstances. And, you know, again, this is the idea that the show grew up with its audience. So if they're seeing that the audience who watched Avatar The Last Airbender in 2005 through 2008 were kids who moved into adolescence when by the time that Legend of Korra comes out, they're dealing with more kind of adult issues in their lives. And so the approach to Korra having more adult themes, having, you know, again, just having grown up with their audience, I I, I think that was a really smart move on their part. And, you know, I, I did try to go back and look at how people felt about Korra at the time. And I know there was some divisiveness on, on kind of how people reacted to the series, which I understand. I mean, it's always hard when you love a specific thing, you want to see those characters that you love come back and you're given something that's kind of completely different, but spiritually the same um and i without having that kind of nostalgia for any of this you know felt that they did a really good job with the legend of korra as a continuation and a a way of ex expanding upon certain ideas that they may not necessarily have had a chance to really get into in Avatar The Last Airbender so much, you know, specifically uh, relationships, love and relationships, I think were a big one. Um, parentage uh, being a, a theme that carries over that I feel like they were able to go into some uh, different aspects and, you know, different struggles, different conflicts that people might have with parentage um, and family in general, not just parentage, but family in general. Um, I also feel like they do a really good job of diving into spirituality and, you know, that idea of, you know, I, I almost want to say like out of bodiness. There's, you know, there's spirituality in Avatar The Last Airbender and it plays an important role uh but i think in a lot of ways it, it really takes a back seat to a lot of the more physical action that's taking place or emotional action that's taking place and so there are some really great things that they do in the legend of Korra that focus on spirituality focus on belief focus on kind of connection to the greater world uh that I don't want to say they didn't exist in Avatar The Last Airbender because they do. I just don't feel like they they were as important to the story that was being told there. Um, and, you know, seeing The Legend of Korra as a more 
introspective, uh, you know, meditation on finding yourself. Because I mean, both series are truly about finding yourself, understanding your role in the universe and kind of fulfilling, you know, I don't want to say fulfilling your destiny because it's, it's a little bit different than that. It's more like fulfilling yourself or self-actualizing. Uh, and I, and I feel like, you know, again, the a more adult approach that the legend of Korra takes to that is just, it, 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 it's icing on the cake. So, you know, what I would say is obviously I think both of these are great series. Uh, I, almost prefer to look at them as one series. I think it's important to watch both of them together, um, which I know is really difficult right now. I actually had to uh, do and I did do a trial for CBS All Access and then a trial for Nick Hits in order to watch all of Legend of Korra. Unfortunately, it's all not all just on Netflix like Avatar is, um, but I, it was worth it. I, I spent all in all, I think I spent maybe about, it was probably about a week getting through um, the entirety of both shows. And, you know, I, I definitely feel that it was worth the journey. Um, I really understand why so many people love these series, love these characters. Um, I understand many of the jokes that kind of were born from them. A lot of the memes that I just didn't get before. Um, yeah, it was just, it, this was, this was well worth it. I, I'm glad that I, you know, kind of got over myself and fought through the, oh, this can't be as good as everybody says it is. And just sat down and watched Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra two great series that I imagine I will probably be revisiting in the future because I I think there's a lot more to be said about them. Um, maybe if folks are interested, maybe I'll find someone to come on and do a spoilery chat about Avatar The Last Airbender with me, but I think uh, I'm going to leave this one there for now. So how was that first episode back? Did I do a good job? I, I feel like I've been talking for almost 40 minutes straight. My throat is sore. I'm going to drink a big glass of water, maybe an entire jug of water. Um, but I, I, I really want to hear your thoughts. So for those of you that watched Avatar as kids, you know, what did this series mean to you? What did you love about it? What were the things that kind of stuck with you over time? For folks who are due to it, for folks that this is your first time watching Avatar, like, how did you react to it? Did, were there issues that you had with the show? Did you feel like some of the pacing stuff was a little weird? Um, did you get into the storylines? Did you get into the characters? Let me know at Larry Tron pretty much everywhere on social media or Larry at LM2photo.com via email. Just send me your feedback. I'd love to hear from you. I, I, I always like this to be a conversation. So like I said, I have a ton of episodes that I am planning to bring to you over the next couple of weeks because 
at the time of recording this, obviously pandemic time. Yay. Not, not really. Uh, but after a couple of weeks of not really watching anything, I went ham and watched a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, and so I'm going to be looking at doing episodes on a few different topics. So, you know, obviously I just talked about Avatar, the last airbender and the legend of Korra. I want to do an episode on the 2017 DuckTales series, the new DuckTales that's on uh, Disney XD, um, or you can watch the first two seasons on Disney Plus. Uh, the Boys, uh, which is on Amazon Prime. I kind of want to talk about The Last Dance and how it, you know, I agree with Ken Burns, it's bad journalism, but it's entertaining as hell. Um, I want to talk about Good Girls, uh, which is that Netflix slash NBC kind of crime show. Uh, that my sister got me to watch. I do want to talk about this season of Insecure. I think they're doing something really interesting. I'm probably going to wait till the season finishes up, though. Um, and uh, I did record a podcast with a friend on Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, I do want to record some of my own thoughts as well, uh, but... When that episode comes out, I will also be sharing a link to my friend's podcast so you can listen to that. Uh, and uh, yeah, there might be some other stuff that that happens between now and then. I, I randomly started watching the show uh, Betty on uh, HBO today, which is from the creator director of Skate Nation. It's technically like a sequel to Skate Nation. Um or retelling. I'm like really confused by it. I'm going to watch Skate Nation again just because I'm like, these are the same people, but like it's like they haven't met before. I'm confused. Um, so like that will be coming and lots of other stuff. And if you have ideas for things that you want me to cover or want to hear my opinion on, definitely hit me up. Like I said before, at Larry Tron, pretty much everywhere on social media or Larry at LM2photo.com. Hit me up with an email, hit me up on social media. Let me know what you want to hear me talk about soon. And as always, stay watching fam. Peace.